Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. And I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And it's so luxurious, all the Nagahide, surrounded by Nagahide and Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And I'm wearing Nagahide. Mm-hmm. Is that like a... No, no, that's like an aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lovely. It's quite lovely. And uh, we are still waiting on uh, our version of Elijah, his yeah. return. Tom Dorian <laughs> yes. is not here again. But he will be back. He tells me next week. So he's practicing to become a, a pinball wizard. I hear. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he was going to be a pinball. That's it. And it's like anyway. That's that, no neither here nor there. We're you know uh, we're going to. I don't have a segue into our topic. Let's talk about experiential learning. <laughs> Is that a segue? Because I you know you uh, I was like going hey um, Ziggy what do we want to talk about you're like going you know what, what I just I prayed about this and. And the words experiential learning yes. came into mind and to heart. And I went like, dude, what did you have for lunch before you prayed? <laughs> but, but hey, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Uh, and when you started to describe a little bit about what you were talking about, I thought, oh, that actually would be kind of a cool topic well, wonderful. to talk about. So, so tell, tell the folks at home. Uh, what you meant by experiential learning. What does that even mean? Well, so God created us, and this is one of the things that distinguishes us, according, according to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the things that distinguishes us from the angels is that we were created uh, to to learn by experience, exp- uh, to have experiential knowledge, whereas the angels, um, they had infused knowledge, right? So at the fall... So God poured the knowledge into them, right? They just here yeah. you go. Here's your knowledge dose, right? Well, the, the idea basically is like the like the devil knew when he said non servium, and all the the uh, the angels who followed uh, Lucifer, uh, they all knew the consequences of their decision. They had a, right. they had perfect knowledge of what they were doing. They knew where it would lead, and they knew it would be irreversible. Right, so they made that choice, but they didn't have, they didn't get to reconsider. Right, they didn't, they didn't learn anything from that. Right, right. No, although I, I often wonder if there's like a demon or two going like, man, I think he made the wrong choice. You know, it's funny you say <laughs> that. I actually heard a uh, priest who is an exorcist on YouTube, and he said that you know sometimes they'll interview demons. And during the course of an exorcism, and he said that uh, they're so locked into their decision. He said he's actually he walked a demon through their decision to disobey God, and you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. And now you're here, and you're stuck in this situation. And the the demon kept saying yes, yes, yes. And he said, "Would you do it all over again?" And the demon said, "Yes." <laughs> that's that's I guess by definition, you know, it's a done deal, right? <laughs> So, so that's angels, right? And, yes. and even fallen angels, right? Right, infused knowledge, and so we aren't angels, no. Which is a common mistake people make, like, oh, when Aunt Gertrude dies, she's going to be a little angel. That's true in, in heaven. No, she's not, right? Um, and and she's going to be a soul in heaven until such a time as the end of time, and we'll be joined by our bodies, right? Right, and so there, we we, we are corporeal, right? right? We have we have physical. Realities, and so we can experience things. Yes, and uh, and so this is a different kind of knowledge. 
Well, you bring up an important point in terms of your body. So it's not just you learn hard moral lessons. I mean, in the most basic sense, our bodies, we learn through our senses, a little baby uh, learns, oh, I shouldn't touch this. This is hot, you know? Right. And, and so we take things in through our senses, and that's a part of that's a, one form of experiential knowledge is that sensory experience. Um, but also, as we were talking about, there's also the, the you, you learn through bad experiences. Uh, when, like, when we violate God's law, sometimes God is going to just give us the leeway. Right. To learn the hard way that it's not going to fulfill you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully you've got someone in your life to tell you, you know, to help pick up the pieces, right? When that's you, right. Yeah. And that's, that's why uh, having relationships. And again, that's part of experiential learning, right? That experiencing in relationship with others is also a beautiful gift that we have different than the angels. That's right. Right. So that's, that's, that's different. I, I, when you talk about like experiential, like there are bad things that you experience and you learn from them, uh, but there's also beautiful good things and oh, one yeah. of the things I when I teach RCIA I will spend an evening on creation mm. and 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 part of that is to say that you can actually know God through like witnessing a beautiful sunset seeing a snow-capped mountain seeing like the bees at work you know with pollen and uh, honey and all that stuff. seeing how nature f- is is like woven together in an intricate frail but highly balanced situation. You go like, this is too perfect. And we're exactly, you know, order. We're exactly far away enough from the sun, but not too far that we can sustain human life. And you start to realize that through experience, through those kinds of experiences, you can know God. So, so other kinds of learning, you know, are sort of doctrinal or uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, didactic. What is it where you, you basically are, uh, are, told things right right so here this is truth here's how you know god know that he he did this he established uh the seven sacraments he did these things he made popes and here's the church and he said, you don't know, do this and don't do that yeah, exactly these other things don't do them either that's exactly <laughs> right. You're right um and so so it's 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 you start to realize that our bodies allow us to experience yeah our senses are actually uh the receptors for God's grace, right? So, so our, so that's what they're designed to do. Well, the other thing you bring up an interesting point. We talked about the difference between humans and angels. That humans have bodies and angels don't, and that the fallen angels can't be redeemed. Our having a body, another purpose of our body, is that it allows us to have a bodily death whereby we might experience that resurrection uh, that sharing in Christ's resurrection. Oh yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, we did that. We talked about that uh, last time we were together in yeah. the resurrection. We sure did. Uh the in the prophecy of wisdom, right? Yes. We talked about uh that that resurrection. Uh yes, yeah, so so it's it's beautiful to see how all that stuff um uh how that weaves together. So so why is it so important that we understand that we're experiential learners? Well, I think that Jesus, when he was on the cross, and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I think that Christ was speaking into the fact that we were created to be experiential learners. Uh, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That we are often blind. And I think that God's mercy is woven into him creating us to be experiential learners, him weaving together a life whereby we learn 
through experience and have the opportunity to learn to get to know him through experience and get to understand his teachings through experience. I think there's there's mercy in that. I mean, that's one of the greatest statements of mercy. Forgive them for not forgive them, Father, for not what they do. He says on the cross, and and I think that uh, it's important for us to receive that message and to hear that message. And I, I would encourage all of us here to have mercy on ourselves and others as opposed to, you know, a lot of times we can be, uh, we can shake our fists at ourselves or shake our fists or point at our others finger. or point our finger and accuse. And the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of times when we sin, we are just, we are, we don't get it. You know, we are graf- we're, we're gravitating towards something that we think is good. Very, yeah. very few people who are sinning are saying, oh, I'm doing this. I'm gravitating towards something bad. You know, sometimes there can be temptation in that, oh, the forbidden fruit. But a lot of times we've confused ourselves in thinking, I'm doing something good. Or, or if we know it's forbidden, we say, well, God's holding out on me. You know, I want right. this good thing, right? Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we have to learn the hard way yeah. about what, <laughs> you know, what God, when, you know, what is good and what isn't. And a lot of times right. we're very confused about what's good. And we need to understand that if we're going to really understand his mercy towards us and if we're going to be able to live that mercy and with relation to others. I, I think there's also another category of sinners, to be honest with you, because uh, I've experienced this myself where you get, you basically become numb to it. Yeah. In other words, you're not choosing the bad because you think it's good necessarily. Right. You, you may have a, a originally, yeah. right, the, through the temptation or whatever, uh, but but at some point, I think some people have gotten numb to the experience. And again, the same thing applies here that that when we experience that, you know, our our senses are telling us and they're they're screaming at us and letting yeah. us know. I mean, look at the you know the, at addicts of all kinds. And and you look at their their world is crumbling around them, right? Or or someone who is uh, uh, driven by uh, love of money or or possessions, they're usually not living the most happy life, right? Right. You think about the people who've committed suicide or gone through other tragedies or, or broken marriages or whatever when they have uh, all the money in the world in the bank, including in like the royal family or Hollywood families, right? And so we we think. You know, although I'd like to be the one person that could win that lottery and I could prove everybody wrong. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, the the great gift that we have as experiential learners is that we can learn. Right. So we can even if we're coming at this from the perspective of like, well, I haven't really thought about whether this is good or bad. I just my body wants it and so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right? Even then, you you need to sort of take stock where you are. You need to you need to look out and start to see like well what's happening here what am I what am I what am I what's my environment like right where am I living in what situation am I living uh, who are the people that are around me and you, you you'll you'll start to see whether you're in a good place or a bad place oh sure right just by looking and a lot of times we just we need to look up to have that experience so that we can start to go okay I can learn from this I'm not in a good place right. And that's and that's not that's not always easy to do. But we're all on our own timelines. We're on a different journey in a different timeline. I think that's also in terms of having mercy towards one another. Um, there's also the importance of I think 
this recognition that we're experiential learners can help us avoid becoming a fixer, right? Because a lot of times there'll be somebody in our life where we say, oh, gosh, well, this person just needs to stop doing blank and everything will be great. And the problem is a lot of times and, and we might be very quick to tell them that. And we might be very quick also to kind of put ourselves at the center of, of the changes that they might need to make honestly, in their life. I, honestly, we're quicker not to tell them. We're quicker to tell everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, also honesty, true. Because I've done true. that myself where it's like, oh, you know, that guy's a bonehead. He, he, he needs to do like this. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Right. And I wish someone had told me at a certain time in my life and they would have said like, dude, why are you telling me? Why don't you go tell him if you think he's a bonehead? Go and tell him he's a bonehead. Sure. Right? But that, I, it was so much easier for me to castigate and give him the stare of death and point my finger right. and judge them from afar. But, but when we make that, that step of actually really confronting a person, we can sometimes we can get our ego involved or even our emotions can get involved yeah. where we like – we really need to see some results from this person. You know what I mean? And the fact of the matter is, uh, God's plan for our lives to become experiential learners, we're on different timelines. And so, yeah, we might be able to see, okay, this person is doing this thing wrong, or we might even have just a limited view of what we're doing wrong in our own lives, right? Uh, And not have a full picture of that as well. But if we are grounded in the fact that, hey, you know what, I really feel like I needed to give this person some feedback, but I'm going to make a choice regardless of what they do. I'm going to love them where they are. I'm going to give them that encouragement and that feedback that I felt like I needed to give them. But I'm not going to get so invested in whether they take my advice. And I recognize God, Jesus is a body. He works through many members. And he might use me to give this feedback to this person right here. But he can work through countless others as well. And he will. And this person is on a timeline, an experiential learning timeline that only God gets to see. I don't have the God and, and our family in heaven get to see it. I don't get to see it. So let's look at that word experience, and and that kind of I think it'll help bring this into into view a little better for most of us, because when you're talking about we're experiential learners, and so the thing is we shouldn't be judging other people. And you're saying you quite rightly that that everyone's got like a different timeline, and some people are further along spiritually than others, certainly. Uh, It's true for all of us. And the reality is, the more that we start to um, realize that life needs to be experienced to some extent for people to learn, because that's the way we're built. It's not just a matter of, like, telling somebody what they need to do. Right. Right? So, So this idea of, if we recognize that human beings are experiential learners, it changes the dynamic of relationships. It helps us to see that my job is not to teach you, Sam Rodriguez, what you're doing wrong. My job is to love you. It's to accompany you. It's to walk with you. And then if you, and, and, and when you're ready, we'll have a conversation about certain things, right? But I'm amazed sometimes at how I think something's true. Right. And then I do that right step of kind of, of befriending the person, walking with the person. I'm not judging them. I'm not telling them anything. And it's amazing. A couple of times, I've actually learned about that person more and realized, you know, where they were coming from is not totally 100% wrong. Or, yeah. in other words, my initial judgment was was not good. It was faulty. Well, and also, the, you know, I think a, a phrase that's come to me over over time that's been important is, you can try to teach something to somebody, but you can't learn something for somebody. That's right. 
That's, is that the lead a horse to water? You can't right. make him drink, right? Well, in the same way, God God can teach us things, but he can't learn them for yeah. us. Only we can do that. You know, he he did. He made rules right from the very beginning. Don't eat the food on that tree. Yeah. And, right? And, 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 oh, it's this one? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and then he carved some stuff in stone, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't, these aren't going to change. And, and yet we're still breaking them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so I... That that's that's who we are, right? Right. We 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 are going to sin, but how we respond to each other, uh, and when we understand that it's experiential learning, it it tells us that if we want them to go down a different path, or if we if we sense a different path for them, if we've uh, we want to walk with them, it's it's about experiencing that, right? And not about sort of just broadcasting. Uh, by the way, this is the right way to go. You know, you you are not a neon sign. And that's hard for a lot of people. Sometimes it's hard for me to realize that I can't just impart knowledge on people. Right? They have to like they have to learn. I mean, I've got nine kids. Every one of them went through stages where it's like you know you're going to have to let them walk down the hardwood stairs in their socks one time where they slip just a little bit. Right? Be ready to pick them up. Be ready to catch them. But the truth is, to some degree, they've got to experience. A little bit of something to kind of understand, like oh, that's not good, right? Right, and that's the way we are as human beings, and and the way I think the other thing I would say about all this experiential learning is that um, in if we're going to help somebody, if we're going to walk with somebody in that way, we have to see where they are. We have to understand the context of what they're going through, right? And that it's not going to change overnight, right? Right. We have to, but the most important thing that we can do is we build trust between us in a relationship. And again, that's part of experiencing each other. Well, you brought up a great point, too, in terms of the dynamic of a father. You know, I, what comes to mind as you, as you say that was uh, in the prodigal son, the father sees the son coming while he was still far away. The father sees the son coming back. And in his bare socks coming yeah. down the stairs. Yes, <laughs> right. right. But the, the reason that that's relevant is, you know, the father... Like we could read into that, you know, that the father has had a longer life experience. Yeah. The father was able to process sort of the youthful uh, mistakes that the son was making. Right. He knew right then what was happening. Right. He was watching and going like, "By the way, dude, you ain't gonna like this. It's not gonna end well. I'm just telling you. Ultimately, it'll end well. Yes. If you come back. But anyway, we'll just." See you later. Exactly. <laughs> and so sometimes we're, you know, we're going to have people in our life and they might be young or they might be new to the faith and we might have given our life to Christ years ago, right? And we might have been through some stuff with Christ because of our experiences with Christ and Christ has built a track record of faithfulness in our life. And he's taught us the hard way why we need to avoid this or that sin and why we need to pursue this or that good with our mm. life. But, you know, and, and it's great for us to open up and be vulnerable and to share with others, hey, I've been there, you know, and this is how Christ spoke into that experience with me. And that can sometimes be abundantly fruitful and, and, and vulnerable witness matters. But sometimes the person just has to experience it for themselves. Yeah. Now, another beautiful aspect about experiential learning is, uh, again, this, the incarnational nature of our bodies, right? The idea that we are body and soul. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's important to understand um, that uh, experiential learning allows us, in a, I think, in a greater way to experience God. 
Oh, yeah. Right? So through the sacraments specifically is what I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. right? Because we have bodies. And, and I know that, you know, this is probably theologically incorrect, but I think the angels kind of wish they were human a little bit. You know, they have perfect knowledge, but they don't have bodies. <clears throat> they can't experience the Lord in the way that we can. Right. They know him perfectly, and yet they, they can't receive him in Eucharist. Right. They can't receive his mercy in confession. Right. So you start to realize we actually have a tremendous gift. The fact that, I mean, I think of it like this. When you come home from a long trip, one of the things that my wife used to always do, it's really cool, is she would change the sheets mm. before we left. So that when you come back after long travels, you get in those nice, crisp, cool sheets. There's something about that experience yeah. that makes you feel like, I'm home. Yeah. And I'm safe. And this is wonderful. And the sheets smell like downy or whatever. <laughs> you know, and everything is, is, is wonderful. And so you can, you can experience that goodness. Right. And it's actually transformative. And it's, and it's memorable. You remember that. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you desire it all the more. Mm. In the same way, we have that experience with God. Yes. With, with Jesus in, in the Eucharist especially. Where we, you, know, you are what you eat. You, you, you become like God, as St. John says. Right when we die, we'll see him as he truly is. We'll be like God, and it's so beautiful to think that, right? But we can experience that to some degree on Earth, right? Through the divine uh, grace that comes to us in Eucharist. You know, another thing that comes to mind is Eucharistic adoration, and specifically, um, I I've had a few instances where I've had some friends call me about people in their lives that they were trying to reach. And, you know, like, let's just say, like, there was a person who was living in ways that were completely incompatible with church teaching. Yeah. And I told you to keep this conversation private. <laughs> and, and you're telling millions of people now. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> so, but there are some people, like, listen. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You'd never do that. You're a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. No, but uh, so this person was living in a way com- completely inconsistent with church teaching and was, I believe, if I remember correctly, was raised Catholic, had left the church a long time ago, wasn't really searching to be Catholic, but was one of those people who wanted a spiritual life yeah. and wanted to believe in God and wanted to have that encounter with God. And that's God. natural to desire that. It's na- yeah, God created us to yes. desire that, right? And so my friend... W- shared that with me and he was looking for me to give him feedback on how to explain all these different things uh, regarding church teachings that were stumbling blocks for this person. And I said, why don't you just take the person to adoration? You know, why don't you, you know, pray a rosary for that person ahead of time that our, our blessed mother will intercede for that person's conversion and have an encounter with the Lord and adoration. Why don't you just bring him into experience, direct experience with the Lord and just let the Lord encounter him and work on his soul. And, you know, it was fruitful. They, they yeah. didn't really end up talking much. And I think that's for the best. You know, they went out there and they went into adoration. And the guy just let this person have an experience with God. And even though he wasn't able to put his finger on what it, exactly what it was, and he wasn't yet, it's not like he was instantly ready to embrace church teaching. Jesus made himself... Uh, present to that person and you know it's one of those things where there is no substitute for that direct experience of experiencing god and that's at the very heart of what our faith's all about and and that's how we truly learn 
Yes. Right? So, so we can have head knowledge of things. Right. I know what the church teaches about the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. But until I know the true and real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. right. I've not learned anything. And it's through, through, through your senses uh, that God gave you, right, as receptors of grace. And, and, that's, that's what's, and that's also why we should be mindful of what we're receiving. Mm. Because we, we have receptors that will also, you know, it's a, it's, we're vacuum cleaners. Right? <laughs> right. And we'll suck up whatever comes our way. And yeah. so we have to be careful, like, what we're receiving. So when we receive unholiness, we learn from that. Yep. And that can be dangerous. And that's, that's why I think if we understand ourselves as experiential learners, we'll start to pay attention to what goes into our bodies, what mm-hmm. goes into our eyes, what goes into our hearts, right? Who we're hanging out with, who our friends are, what our circumstances are, and then also other people. Right. Right. Where are they? Right. So rather than drive past the people with the signs on the street corner and, and cast judgment, Right? Maybe we try to think like, well, that old saying about walk a mile in their shoes to understand where they are. Right. Right. And that's different. And, and that's, that's different than us saying, well, I thank you, Lord, for blessing me and allowing me to be in this air conditioned car. Right. And not like that person over there. I'm not judging the Lord. I love him, but I'm not going to get out of my car because right. it's probably dangerous and because I don't want to uh, get out in the heat. You right. know, whatever. And it's like it's, easiest, it's easy for us to point our fingers from afar but to have that experience and to realize that everyone's having a different experience yes that's a that's a powerful thing and that's again that's why i think the angels are like going like you humans man you're fascinating <laughs> right you got the spiritual thing but you also got that body thing right and that's a that's a great gift that god gave us and something that we should all pay attention to so <clears throat> i don't know if you got anything out of experiential learning i did cuz i just the more I think about it, the more I'm so excited that I'm Catholic. Mm. And, and I really, just coming back to the sacraments, uh, you know, through experience is like, wow, it makes me think. And then again, think like, I don't want to be an angel. Yeah. Right? I want to be, be created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were. And he gave us bodies. Yes. Right? And so let's use those bodies in a way that we learn. Yes. Right? Let's experience the Lord God uh, in, in this beautiful and profound way. And let's also ask the Blessed Mother to watch over us, right, and experience this with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.